Well, we started talking about uh, sharing our faith, uh, our hope in Jesus Christ with um, uh, the Billy Graham uh, emphasis on My Hope America. Some of you probably can relate to, what was the guy's name, Jim? Uh, that um, there's a lot of nervousness, a lot of anxiety involved in that. And the simplest thing is if we just stick a track up there and, and let everybody read it, and that didn't even work for him. And a lot of you probably have already started to say, well, you know, I just... I, I don't know how to do that. I don't feel comfortable in sharing the faith. Uh, I don't know anybody with whom to share. Uh, and so I, I just don't see a place where I can, I can plug in and where I can fit in. And, and you might say, that's not for me. But, but I want you to look at the commitment card that was in the bulletin, okay? There's a place for everybody on here. Whether you believe it or not, take a look at it with me. If you give us your name and contact information, then you'll be a Matthew and host a gathering in your home. Remember we talked about what Matthew did. Jason preached on that about Matthew was a tax collector. When he came to know Christ, he threw a party at his house, invited his friends over so they could get to know Christ. And they were probably just other tax collectors as well. And so they, they knew Christ. But the pattern is that Matthews will invite others to come to know Christ. Then you help a Matthew by offering your home. Could be a Matthew who says, I got some people, but I don't have enough space for them or, or don't have a, a you know, big enough TV or whatever, DVD play or whatever. And so you, you might offer your home to help out the Matthew. Or you will help a Matthew by assisting with the gathering, by inviting friends or preparing food. Or the last one is, I, I will help by praying for my Hope America. And you might look at that and say, well, I can't do one, I can't do two, I can't do three. All I can do is pray. Let me tell you this, don't discount that. If this is not bathed in prayer, and not many of you, or if it's not many, multiple numbers of you, uh, bathing this whole process in prayer, then it will, not, it will not be a success. So don't discount that. If you can't host a group, then at least say, I will be a prayer warrior for that, and I will be committed to doing that, okay? Now, you think about those as we move through the message for today, and then at the end of the uh, message and the invitation time, you'll have a time to respond as well. So, let me tell you what I think about uh, the most difficult part of this uh, sharing hope in Christ and what's going to be the easiest part. I think the most difficult part in this of sharing Christ is going to be uh, being a Matthew, developing a, a list of people uh, who don't know Christ, sharing Christ with them, inviting them to come to your home, and, um, and, and talking to them about, about Christ. Uh, that might be the most difficult part. I think the easiest part is going to be if you have a crowd in your home, if you have a group in your home, easiest thing in the world. All you got to do is turn on your television, tune into the Billy Graham uh, crusade, or uh, this special emphasis on my hope. Or if it's not going to be way able to watch him live, then just put in the DVD and you play it. He's going to give the message. He's going to give the invitation. And then when that's over with, then you just simply share your faith in Christ. You tell what happened to you, who introduced you to Christ, the difference he made in your life. And, and why you want them to know this Christ as well. That's what Matthew did, right? And so that's going to be the simple part. Hard part, developing the people, making contact with them, and having a list to do that. Easy part, turning on the television, letting Billy Graham do his thing, and then you just follow after that and ask people to listen um, to that and then to your testimony as you tell your story. I think that's so much easier than so many different um, uh, different methods that I'm familiar with in, in 38 years of ministry that have been around. First was uh, probably EE, Evangelism Explosion. Some of you might remember that. James Kennedy put that together down in Florida. Um, then um, one, the most recent, I think, that Southern Baptists did 
a very elaborate one with CWT, Continuous Witnessing Training. And that was the last one that I went through. A lot of scripture to memorize, questions you had to ask, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I remember uh, sitting down and sharing that cold turkey with somebody one night. And they said, listen, I don't know what a Romans is. I don't know what Acts is. I don't know any of that. I don't know enough to understand what you're saying. And so, uh, you know, I kind of thought, well, you know, that's probably right. This is just bombarding them with a lot of information. Then the Campus Crusade gave us the four spiritual laws. And then I think there's a, a track that um, I'm not sure who did it, whether Southern Baptist or not, how to have a full and meaningful life. And I used that for a long time. But you know what I think is the best method? The best method is you should simply tell your story. You tell what Jesus means to you, how you found him, how you gave him your life, how you came to know that you needed him, what he means in your life today. See, they can argue with you on different points of philosophy and theology and all those things. But if you simply just tell your story, they cannot deny what has happened to you and what's taken place in your life. Pretty simple, isn't it? Pretty simple. That's the best method of all is to tell about Jesus Christ. When we think about the life of our church and why we're participating in this My Hope America campaign, experience, ministry opportunity, whatever you want to call it. It's all for the sole reason of the fact that this church should exist and know that we exist so that every man and woman and boy and girl who ever comes to the doors of this church has the opportunity to hear that God loves them, that Jesus Christ died for their sins, and that God brought Jesus back from the dead, and that he lives eternally. And as we place our faith in him, our trust in him, now we experience the forgiveness of our sins, and we have eternal life promise. And so that's what we're doing in this experience of My Hope America. Because the greatest hope that we can find is the hope that Jesus gives us. The hope for forgiveness of sins. You know, the hope for a relationship with God. The hope that gives us peace and meaning and purpose in our life day by day. And of course the hope of eternal life, spending eternity in heaven uh, with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and with God and with all those who've been redeemed and looking forward to a reunion with those who have gone on before us. And so that's why we're participating in My Hope America. That's why we ask you to pray about being a Matthew or simply lifting up this entire experience in prayer. Now, I want you to look with me at uh, the scripture for today in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And in it here, we find Paul talking to the believers at Corinth, talking to the church, but reminding them how he came to them and how he presented the gospel. And I think in these five verses, we find some things that give us some guidelines about how we too can share the gospel, how we need to go about sharing the gospel of Christ. Paul writes and says, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Now what does Paul tell us? I think three things about our approach to this thing of sharing Christ and the hope we have in Him. First of all, uh, our approach should be to glorify God and not ourselves. We need to make sure of that. Why are we doing this? What is the purpose? What is the reason? It's to bring glory and honor to God, not anything to ourselves. okay? 
Listen to what he says in verse 1. He says, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. Paul says, I just simply came. There was no arrogance, no wisdom, no superficiality about uh, who he was and what was going on in his life. You know, Paul was highly educated. He could have spoken down to the people, but he didn't do that. See, the best witness is to speak with people on the level where they are and to share with them where they are. And that's the way Jesus Christ did. If you look at the witness of Jesus Christ and how he proclaimed the kingdom, he, you know, he spoke in simple terms. And when he preached, he always had a captive audience because he would use object lessons. He would tell stories called parables that would use things from everyday life that everybody who heard it would know and could identify with those things out of their everyday life. And, and even children could understand what Jesus was saying. That, that's what you want to do. It's not dumbing down the gospel. It's just simply putting it on a simple level where everybody has the opportunity to understand it. When we look in the, in the book of Acts and how the church began to grow, in, in Acts 4.13, you remember the experience where Peter and John encountered the man that was begging for alms, and they said, we don't have anything. Silver and gold we don't have, but what we have, we have Jesus, and we'll give him to you. You know, and they, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the miracle took place, and the man was healed, and, and then people started to worship, and then, and be excited about them, and wondering, how do these people know this? How do these two men know that? They're just common men. And basically, it was just Peter and John saying, let's share our testimony with you. Let me tell you what God has done for us, and it's just that simple. Always want to keep it simple. I read this week about the development of a commercial for soap uh, that probably all of us are very familiar with. See there, it's on the screen, bar of ivory soap. Some of you might still use it. Um, in the uh, advertising world, when they went to market this, oh, you know, this soap was a mistake. It wasn't supposed to float, but something done in that process incorrectly, and it floated. And so they decided they'd capitalize on it, okay? What do you remember about the advertisement about that soap? Somebody said, 99 and 44, 100% whatever, click pure, whatever, right? I thought, I thought soap was supposed to be pure. How come it's only 99 and 44, 100? No? So, the first draft at advertising this, uh, this miracle of this soap that would float went like this. The alkaline element and fats in this product is blended in such a way as to secure the highest quality of saponification along with a specific gravity that keeps it on top of the water, relieving the bather of any trouble and annoyance around it so you don't have to fish around for it at the bottom of the tub. Now, how do you think that would have gone out? The second guy rewrote it, and this is what he said. It floats. <laughs> hey, and it's sold. It's still on the market. And just doing a little study, when I hit that word that I, I stumbled on with that saprification process, you know, that's the process about, you know, in soap, they got fats, animal fats, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think that's one of our problems. That fat stays on us. <laughs> I think that's what happens to us when we use certain soap. That stuff stays on us. But the whole bottom line of that message is, let's don't get deviated from that, is keep it simple. Keep it simple. Simple sales. See, Paul's most effective witness when he shared the gospel was when he told his account of being changed and transformed, meeting Christ on the Damascus Road. I think his most difficult audience and most difficult time that he had was when he was, Athens, was in Athens at Mars Hill and all those debaters and Greek scholars and all those people were around and, and, and he had to deal with them there. 
They just wanted to hear something new, some new philosophy. Well, when he had the opportunity just to tell his story, if you read through the book of Acts, you'll see they had multiple opportunities to do that. And he influenced countless numbers of people. Now, look what he says in verse 2. He says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. See, that's the message that we proclaim is this Jesus. In John 12, 32, Jesus said, If I'm lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through me. See, in our culture today, there are many different methods, many different um, catchy things that we can use to share the gospel. We just have to make sure that in everything we do, we, do, we share the gospel. See, all through the centuries, methods have changed, but the message has not. Now, I want you to understand something in this process. We are coming from Spring Valley Baptist Church. We would like to invite these people that we contact and that, who come to maybe profess faith in Christ or show an interest in it to come to Spring Valley Baptist Church. But we are not about sitting down and talking to them about church nor using church language. And so when you tell people your story, don't tell them that you got convicted and you came down front. You know, they're going to think maybe you came out of the closet or something. They don't know what you're talking about. That you came down, I came forward. And they're going to think you always have to do that. What does that mean? You know, just simply tell them your story. Tell them what happened. How you came to know Christ. How you came to know your need. Proclaim Jesus as cause. He met your need. He changed your life and what he's doing for you now. The second thing I think Paul says is this. Our attitude should be dependence on the power of the Holy Spirit and not our ability. Look at verse 3. Paul says, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. How many of you can say, I identify with that when it comes time for me to share my faith? You know, we can talk about everything else with a lot of knowledge and a lot of confidence and no fear, no shame, no, no nervousness. But there's something about talking to somebody who doesn't know Christ that, that somehow puts us ill at ease. And, and we get all kind of, we get tongue-tied. We get ashamed. We get bashful, just like the guy in the, in the video. You know, it ought to be the most logical, natural thing to flow from us if we know Christ. He's changed our life. We, we ought to be able just simply to tell that and not use any other method, especially not uh, coercion. You know, Charles Schultz, um, who did the uh, Peanuts comic strip, died several years back. And, and uh, I always like to read Peanuts, but before he died... I just always had this wish for two things for Charlie Brown. And number one, he could win a baseball game. And that number two, that there would be one episode that Lucy wouldn't jerk the football out the way and Charlie Brown could kick the football. He never got to do that. If you were a Peanuts fan and you read that, you remember those things like that? I was just hoping Charles Schultz, before you die, please let him do those two things. But he didn't. But they're still, still printing the Peanuts cartoons. One not too long ago, I remember from way back, and Lucy is talking to Linus, and she says to him, you know, I'm quite an evangelist. In fact, I ought to get the Evangelist of the Year Award. And Linus said, why is that? She said, well, I converted the boy that sits in front of me at school from his religion to my religion. And Linus said, well, how did you do that? And she said, oh, it was easy. I just hit him over the head with my lunchbox until he gave up and he confessed that my religion was better than his. Now, there have been people who have coerced other people with that. I mean, you're talking about going out and beating them with the Bible. That doesn't work. Simplicity and the sound theology about Jesus. Tell the story of Jesus. 
That's what you want to proclaim. You know, Paul says, I came in weakness and fear and trembling. But he came sincerely. People will listen to us if we walk the walk and not just talk the talk. They'll listen. You see, I think too often in our witnessing we think that the essence of a witnessing has to be creativity or ability or agility or whatever else it might be. But we just simply need to do it in the power uh, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul said, I came in weakness, fear, and trembling, but he also came in the power of the Spirit. You know, when Jesus gathered before his ascension, and we find it described in Acts 1-8, he, he gathered with frightened people who had followed him. They still were a little bit confused about this whole process, how he was supposed to be the Messiah, he, the miracles he did, everything that happened, and then he was crucified, but then they saw him. Some still had a, a, a time believing that he was resurrected from the dead. But Jesus said, I'm going back into heaven now. And before he did, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. And he talked about in Jerusalem, which is starting at home, close by, then Judea, which is the next circle of area, and then into Samaria and the other parts of the world. You know, that's that concentric circle of influence as we take the gospel. And that's what we're called to do, but we're called to do it in the power of the Spirit of God. If you'll notice on the Billy Graham material that we have, the posters that are up and other things, they know the same thing. In fact, I think that's been the power and the success of Billy Graham and evangelism. You listen to him preach, and it's just a very simple gospel message. Not a whole lot of trickery, not a whole lot of illustrations. It's just a straightforward gospel message. But he is anointed by the Holy Spirit. And you can just sense that, at least I do when I hear him. I just sense that. And you, you, if you have a chance to go to the Billy Graham Museum up there at Charlotte, to me it just seems like the whole area, the, the entire museum is just, there's the, the Spirit is alive in there and moving. And they know that. And so on everything you will see put out for this, is that they quote out of Zechariah 4, 6, which says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. See, we might go in weakness and trembling and fear, but if we go on our own power, we will fail. If we go in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will not fail. Now, here's the third thing I think Paul says to us. He says, our aim should be to present the person of Jesus Christ and his power. We touched on that a little bit, but look at verse 3. He says, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. See, the effectiveness of the church today, our witness today, in this culture in which we live, is going to depend upon how effective we are in presenting Jesus Christ and proclaiming Jesus Christ. We don't have to take that message and, and, and doctor it up. We certainly didn't invent it. You know, we can't enhance it. All we have to do is simply be an instrument who shares that. See, the effectiveness of our witness, the effectiveness of this campaign is all going to be about how we take Seriously, one person sharing with another person about Jesus Christ. You know, that's how the early church grew. I mean, you go back and you read through the book of Acts. You trace how they grew, how they responded, how people came to know Christ, how we're still here today. You know, I thank God so many times that that church didn't have a long history of things that they had done in the past. I'm thankful they didn't have a constitution and bylaws. I'm thankful they didn't have all these committees they just had people that were excited about their faith in Jesus Christ and they went out and they shared their faith and people came. You see, that's the success of any 
evangelism effort is people bringing people. You want to know why churches are excited and, and growing and dynamic? It's because people are excited about their faith and their church and they share that faith and they bring people. You know, we've talked about these statistics over the last uh, several weeks. Like 65% of Americans are lost. They don't go to church anywhere. But 48% of them say they are open to an invitation to come and to attend church. How many of you invited to come and be at church in the last week? How many friends have you invited? Family members have you invited? You see, that, that's the whole key to the success of sharing faith and growing churches is that people bring people. So we've opened a new student building today. We're excited about that. Rightfully so. It's beautiful. September 8th, we'll have an open house. Big day. Right, Jason? Right, Ryan? We'll have a big day. Big day for that. You know, we've got great facilities. You know, we've got an education building. You know, it was strange for the first time in a long time today to walk through the fellowship hall and no students in there. But that frees up some education space. We're going to do some things with the children. children's ministry this year in Sunday school is going to be different. But if all that, all that we do and all of those opportunities that we have, oh, we're getting opportunities galore to work with football teams. They want our guys to be chaplains and to work with the football team. That's a wonderful opportunity at different schools to do that. But, but it, and all of those things, we won't reach anybody until we start getting serious about sharing our hope, sharing our faith, and people bringing people to know Jesus Christ. That's what we're challenged to do. Now I want you to look at your card again. We're going into invitation time. I want you to look at your card. If you fill that out, now you can turn it in in several ways. If you don't feel comfortable coming down and putting it on the altar table and then praying, uh, then you can take it as you leave and give it to an usher. They'll be ready to receive it and drop it in the offering plate that they have. But I believe if you're real serious about it and your health problems don't keep you from coming down, then you might want to come take it to the altar and pray about your commitment and then just simply put it on the altar table. You see, some people did it in the first service. We had many others who came down, knelt at the altar and prayed, and some others turned theirs in. Very simple. One of those four things that you would do. Okay? Now, the invitation is also open to that during this time, while you're coming down to pray and to commit uh, yourself to share the faith and hope you have in Jesus Christ, uh, there should be others here today who are ready to make other decisions. So you come as well to join on profession of faith, on promise of letter, by statement however you choose to come. There's an invitation that's open during this time. You understand that? For you to make a decision to join this church, to profess Christ, but also we're asking you to pray about being a Matthew and assisting in that process of sharing faith in Christ. Father, we bow before you. We commit this invitation time to you. We pray that you will move hearts today and stir the lives of our people, that they will respond uh, to being those who are willing to bring people to you. And, and we pray that... Um, They'll respond and come and pray about those decisions that they make. And then, Father, we pray for others today who are ready to join with us at Spring Valley, that they too will come during this time, and they will make their decisions public for you. Let it be all for your glory, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.